Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Fire You Can't Put Out, episode number 312. My name is Melvin. I want to thank everybody so much for being here. So I bring to you today a subject of significant importance. So it's a, it's a personal story from my life that I, I hesitated to bring to you last week, but I'm going to go ahead and bring to you this week. So you may have noticed that I skipped last week. Uh, I skipped doing the show. I skipped doing a whole lot of fun things that I enjoy doing because I got down in the dumps. And you say, "Oh, Melvin, is it uh, is it the coronavirus? Is it the protest? Is it the you know general fascism?" No, no, no. no. Well, a little bit, but not not really. Um, I've talked about my family relationship on this microphone over the last number of years, um, growing up in poverty with a single mother, you know, who, who did a terrible, terrible, terrible job uh, raising us and not really taking care of us. And despite it, you know, we've all gone on to be adults, but of course, uh, my brothers all become, all became jailbirds and, and me, I just kind of floated out there and just kind of figured it out on my own. But I've always struggled with who my parents are. And I've never really had a particularly great relationship with, with either of them. Um, 2020 has been dark, mad dark for so many people. And I understand that even with the particular issue that I'm going to bring to you today, I'm going to preface it with this. I know that other people still have it far worse, but I'm looking for, for allies. I'm looking for people that, you know what? Yeah, we, we hear you. And you know what? We've had that happen in our lives or to, or to those of you out there that have had this kind of thing happen in your life, you know, maybe you're looking for an ally. Maybe upon hearing today's show, you too will say, Hey, yeah, that happened to me. And you'll feel just a little bit less alone in the world. Just about six months ago, I lost my mother to an overdose. That's not a fantastic way for a story to end, but that is indeed the way hers ended. It's been at least 10 years since I've spoke with my mother. My relationship with her uh, began to deteriorate the most after I left her home. And once I got old enough, it, it, it seems the only time that I would hear from her is when she wanted to ask me for money, which, by the way, I never, ever delivered. And my mom had this thing all the time. Like she, she, needed, she needed this and she needed that from me, even after I was a grown-up and I was all on my own because she was dying. She always mentioned that she was dying. And I don't think I ever particularly understood what that meant, but she always was complaining that she was dying. And what I learned about my mother upon her passing, um, just through emergency room doctors, is she had a long history of drug use that I don't remember seeing my mother do many drugs when I was growing up. I just remember um, she was a bit of a pill popper. I remember when I got into Eminem, I, I felt an instant kinship with him because 
he talked about how his mother was a pill popper and how he had a, such a toxic relationship with her. It's not the kind of level that you really want to connect with anybody on, but it is the level that I connected on. So when my mother passed, I felt, I felt sadness, but a, a whole nother part of me wasn't really certain how to feel. I mean, think about how you feel towards one of your parents, you know, either one of your parents, your mother or your father, or even your extended family, your, your aunts and uncles, you know, grandma and grandpa. Think about how you feel about all of them and think about the intense sadness the, if you got this close relationship with them and then you lose any one of them. And I lost my mother and I felt sad, but hear the hesitation, it, it, it wasn't a normal thing for me at all. I struggled with it for a little bit, and I effectively moved on. But what I did do is I leaned into my living father a little bit more. Now, I didn't meet him until I was 15 years old, and my relationship with him has been off and on for years because my father is absolutely the type to let politics get in the way of everything. And, and I've talked about it here before, and I made the conscious decision uh, immediately after the Obama election because my, dad, my dad's favorite pastime is to get uh, uh, pissy drunk and to text me things that he sees on Fox News as if I'm not already watching Fox News as well. And when he texts me these things, I know where they come from. I know they came from Fox, or they know they came from Limbaugh, or I know they came from Hannity, or, or, or pick your, you know, your right-wing Nazi media outlet. I, I know where they come from, because I'm already listening. But he thinks he's delivering fresh information to me that uh, I, I, as a liberal, I clearly do not know. No, no, no. I know. I've, I've watched, I've listened, and I hear it all the time. Liberals do this. And, and Democrats do that. And that's all they say over there, which is interesting because nobody from any of those outlets has ever asked me how I felt. But that did not stop my father from seeing and hearing these things in, in right-wing media outlets and automatically assuming without asking that they were true about me. My dad went into full darkness. And by that, I mean... Mood-wise, with the Obama election, and used to just get spitting angry anytime he'd hear his voice or hear his name, you know, see an image of him, just just be spitting angry. And I don't know what that's like to be that mad at somebody, especially somebody who's who's that far away from me and that I don't feel really connected to at all. I mean, the president is what the president is, but if you if you you listen to the way they talk on these conservative news channels. The president is sort of the leader of everything, and it, it's, it's wildly important who that person is. And, of course, it's important, but when it's somebody disgusting, I mean, even with Donald Trump, I don't get spitting mad and just, you know, pounding walls and punching things and talking about killing people. I, I, I don't have it in me. So with that level of anger, I had to, I had to cut the conversations at least with respect to politics, my father, there's no point. You're sharing your talking points with me, and I know them already. I know that you're not an effing genius. I know that you didn't really figure any of this stuff out. I know where you got it from. So I said, let's not talk about that stuff. 
talk about father-son stuff. Talk about sports. Talk about our families. Talk about the weather. Talk about my grandmother. My mom's, my, no, not my, my mom's mom is great, but my dad's mom is a saint. Just a fabulous person. One of the greatest people I've ever met. We've got all these other wonderful things that we can talk about. My father retired a couple of years ago, and he's in his 50s. And I was so proud of that. Look at you. He retired in your 50s. But at the same time he retired, that was when the countdown clock started for me. Because my dad doesn't have anybody. He doesn't live with anybody. And he, he, he doesn't, I think I might be the only one of his children that he talks to. So he doesn't have, he's got some friends, but he doesn't really have any, you know, any of these relationships that, you know, say the rest of us would have. Like, I live with my wife. He doesn't have that. He's several times divorced and all this. And so I knew the way that he was going to spend his days. He was going to spend his days plopped in front of the TV, watching all these conservative media outlets or, or listening to Rush Limbaugh in the car. You know, occasionally maybe he'll listen to a financial talk show, but by and large, it's just going to be all this, all this hateful right-wing nonsense. And he was doing it before. But I knew that that was going to go on steroids once he retired. Then the pandemic hit. And mind you, I never brought up any political issues with him because I know how he would respond. Also... It's not the best look to listen to your father spitting mad about something so trivial, no matter what it is. And so when the pandemic hit, I knew what that meant. Whereas folks like me have all these other things. I do things with my wife. I do things with my children. I've got tons of hobbies. I'm able to, to, make my, to find things to do that make me feel better that expand my mind, I do more reading. All, he doesn't do those things. He doesn't have hobbies. He doesn't even enjoy music. That's, that's crazy to me, but it, it wasn't that crazy you know, once, I, once I got to know him a little bit, but then I go, I don't understand how you... <laughs> so I knew what the pandemic meant. If he was spending this many hours in front of conservative media outlets before, you can now times that by two. Or times that by three. That's how much more conservative uh, news, and I'm doing that in air quotes, that he was going to be consuming. So the countdown started when he retired. And that clock sped up incredibly fast once the pandemic hit. Because I knew he was going to be home at more taking that stuff in. And I talked a few weeks ago about uh, my conversation with a con man. One of the things that I said in that show, which was uh, foreshadowing, was eventually I'm going to have to share with you who that person is. And that person was, of course, my father. And the incredibly poisonous things that he said to me during that phone call really should have been enough for me to just, to just go away. Maybe say time is up, but I can't. You know, it's family, and I'm trying really hard to hold on to these people, you know, any of these people. You know, and and I shouldn't have, but I did, and I don't regret my decision. But then it happened about two weeks ago, and this was just prior to me about to record. 
this show last week. I got a text about how the virus is nonsense. And do I believe in this nonsense? And I, true to what I've done for the past dozen years or so, I decided not to engage in that text conversation. And then I got, a few hours later, one of the most poisonous texts that I've ever gotten from someone who, who, who's supposed to love me, who's supposed to be a family member. And it was him telling me via text that you are, that you are now, you are, you are now, even having trouble saying it, you are now being disowned by your father. You know, I'm not your father. He called me a loser. He said I come from a, a family of losers. Um, he attacked my wife. He referred to her uh, as that thing, um, you know, paying no mind to the fact that, that I have children, which are his grandchildren. And he effectively just dumped me on the side of the road. I mean, cut off. And that's it. And he said that it was all because of my political beliefs, that I wouldn't engage in this conversation with him because of my political beliefs. But wait a minute. He texted me about the virus. And the virus isn't politics. The virus is science. And I don't debate facts. Facts are facts. And they're not debatable. And I decided not to engage in a debate about what a fact is. If I point up and I go, the sky is blue, that's not up for debate, ding dong. Because if you look up and it is blue as well, we're not going to have a fight about that. But the reason it's politics is because it's hurting business. One of the things that was said to me several weeks ago in a conversation was, that, that my father does not care about people. He only cares about the economy. His words. And I don't know what that means. So that's why it's political, because the economy is faltering. And it's hurting the conservative Senate. And it's hurting the conservative president. And this is all stuff that's just made up. You know? And maybe this Black Lives Matter stuff isn't real either. And, and, and what we're doing to the world. I don't need your sympathy, folks. But I just want to say, and I know that this has already happened to a lot of you, and I've, I, I've, I've, I've seen your stories, I've read them, I, I've had you tell them to me personally about how you lost someone in your life, not because they, they passed. They are very much alive and they are very much on this planet but they were consuming that conservative media that makes everybody in the world that does not agree with you the boogeyman. And I got it before, but I got it now more than ever. So where am I at? Am I done with this person in my life? Am I going to play the same role and tell this person that they are no longer allowed in my life, and I, am I just going to throw this person away like this person so carelessly threw me away? No. No, I, I, absolutely not. No. No, I'm not. Um, 
when so-and-so and such-and-such come back around, I am going to be requiring an apology to me, to my wife, to my children, verbal or written, it doesn't matter, but I will high road, they go low, we go high, I will high road with an apology be accepting this person back in my life. And that is the thing that tells me that it's over and that it's over forever. One of the things that I've observed, and we've seen this in the president writ large, is that this new cult that we have now, and it's not supporters of the president or the president, it's, 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 a, it's a cult belief. You know, the new, the new iteration of conservatism is a cult. And one of the cult beliefs is that conservatives can do no wrong. And they're incapable, largely incapable of shame and absolutely unable to, um, to exhibit humility. And so even though I know that I would take this person back into my life, I know that at this point, this person is gone forever because they're not going to do this teeny, tiny, simple, free, free, like the economy, huh? This is a free thing that you can do once you decide that you would like to have me back in your life. And I know that this thing is not going to happen. So what is the point of all this? Where do I want you, what do I, re- what do I really want to say? What I really want to say is, I hear you, I feel you, I grieve with you, and I want to let you know that if anything like this has happened in your life, you are not alone. But I also want to encourage you to not lose hope, that better days are ahead, and that cults do not last forever. And I do hope that there is a moment where these folks in our lives, the loved ones in our lives, will come back around and realize what's more important to them. And I hope that when they realize, they have that realization of what is more important to them, I hope that they see the light and that they realize that you care about them and you love them. You as their family member, you're the one who cares about them and loves them. Not the people on TV that are creating boogeymen and telling them that everyone that disagrees with them hates them and hates America or whatever stupid thing they're saying on conservative TV. It's a shock to me, and it shouldn't be. I've covered this stuff for years. I knew about the cult-like behavior, but it was still a shock to me that the thing that was chosen over me, over someone's son, over someone's flesh and blood, was this blithering moron, this neo-Nazi, Rush Limbaugh, you know, or the whole white power network over there on Fox News. That those people, those are the people that were chosen by my father over me when I did everything in my power to hold on to that relationship. I appreciate you being here today, and I appreciate you 
being with me and, and, and letting me talk about this and letting me get this out. This show, next week, will do much more of a return to form. And we'll get more into information and we'll get more into uh, current events and talking about what we can continue to do to not just be good Americans, but to be good human beings and to be good examples of what it means to be a part of the human family. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for being here on the fire you can't put out. Our official home is tfycpo.podbead.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash tfycpo. Questions, comments, hate mail, just a general statement or inquiry, you can email us at tfycpo at gmail.com. We work hard to not only inform and entertain, but also to keep an open dialogue. Don't be afraid to talk to adults, folks. We're all adults. We should be able to have these adult conversations. And for you, you should always feel free to reach out to us. And thank you for listening. With a fire you can't put out of, we will prevail. Rejecting austerity in favor of prosperity. Special thanks to Kevin for producing and thank you for listening. This is Melvin signing off. And now that I have woke you up, good morning.